Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, business editor for Variety. Today, my guest is Anne Del Castillo, one of the power players in New York City's entertainment scene. Anne is commissioner of the Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment, which regulates pretty much everything about entertainment and nightlife in the city. Anne has spent the past five months working to get the city shovel-ready to resume the robust level of TV and film production that New York has enjoyed for more than a decade. Del Castillo has been with the Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment since 2014, and she was up to the top job last year. While film and TV is hoping to get rolling again in September, the road back will be longer for the Broadway community and for live events. I first met with Anne in early 2019 when she sat down for a cup of tea with me and my coworker, Brent Lang, Variety's executive editor of Film and Media. Brent joins me here for this interview. Anne Del Castillo, Commissioner of the Mayor's Office of Media and Entertainment in New York City, probably the country's most active department of media and entertainment <laughs> in, in a city hall. Yes. Anne Del Castillo, how have how have you been grappling with the last four or five months? I know in the past we've talked, recent past we've talked, your inbox has been inundated with people wanting to know when is the town going to open up? Yes, yes. It's been, it's, it's been a very interesting time, um, you know, because uh, we, we, over, we provide support for all of the creative sectors of New York City. So, you know, we've had um, outdoor dining, thankfully, to help our, our restaurants and bars. Um, and, and in the process, of, we've also been talking to film and television production, for sure, to see how they can come back. You know, we, we opened up um, earlier towards the end of June. We had a small rollout, and now we're in phase four, and it's very exciting. Um, uh, you know, but it's, it's definitely been a, a very interesting time uh, to be. And, and at times, heartbreaking. I think we talked about this um, at, at the top of the, the crisis. It's, it's very hard to see these industries that are really so definitive of New York City um, just trying to find a way forward um, and, and us trying to help them find that way forward uh, with all of the limitations that are created by the, the, the health crisis um, and, you know, the, the economic crisis as well. So, Where are we in the sort of resumption of production? How many are, are has anything started shooting? Um, and do you have yeah. a sense so in phase two, we had small shoots, right? So, so there was some limited filming that started in phase two with really small crews of 10, cast and crew of 10 or less. Then in phase three, we opened that up to 25. And in phase four, we're starting with small crews, right? Um, because by and large, productions are using this time to prep, plan, um, but really looking at a much more robust comeback in, in September, right? I think. Everybody was sort of waiting for the guidance, trying to see what the timeline is. And so uh, we still have some, um, some productions on the ground, but they're, they're, they're pretty small. Um, you know, they're, they're, 20, they're, they're, they're really small shoots. And so now we're really talking to the television series and the films about how and when and where they want to come back. And, and it's, it's really great. It's great to be having those conversations. And so I think people will really start to see, they'll see some activity and they're seeing some activity right now, 
but I think you'll start to see the bulk of it um, really come back uh, in September. And when you say come back, are you talking about, I mean, is it about 50% capacity, 25% capacity? What do you so, think? you know, it, at the, at the films, oh, you mean in terms of the, how many uh, productions are coming back? It, yeah. You know, it's a little hard to gauge. Um, at the top of the crisis, there were, um, there were 35 active shows filming. Um, and we're talking to all of them. Uh, so it's really going to be a matter of like, uh, their schedules that we're going to see. I don't think we're going to see all 35 of them like roll up. <laughs> uh, that would be quite a challenge for sure. Um, but I, I'm really, a lot of them are probably going to start in, in the sound stages because there's, uh, you can shoot up to 50% capacity in the sound stages. And so I think we'll see some of the folks starting in there. Those are also slightly more controlled environments. And I, I have to say, I think production is very mindful of wanting to do this right implement the safety protocols. You know, we've seen some wonderful protocols developed um, across the board. Um, and so they're going to be testing those out when they come back and they will, to be able to do that in a controlled environment, I think is really important. So I think we'll see the majority of them filling the sound stages and then we'll start to see a sort of slow rollout on location um, where you'll see people filming in the streets again. And you talked about safety protocols. Uh, have there been reports of them? Um, we're talking about social distancing, extra cleanings, uh, different kind of catering. What 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 are you seeing there? So, you know, I think the, the state guidelines were very much informed by um, the wonderful recommendations that industry put together. You know, there was the um, white paper put together by the studios and then the, way, the safe way forward put together by the unions. And so we've been seeing some combination of that as we're talking to productions, temperature checks. Uh, PPE, certainly. I mean, there's certain things that are absolutely required just by state guidelines, but then there's some real thoughtful approaches, I think, that productions are taking. Thinking about working in pods, not having everyone on set all at the same time, um, being really thoughtful about how they're um, gathering, how they're filming, uh, when they're, you know, how uh, the talent will um, engage with each other. And so we leave that to them, right? And we provide the guidance. Uh, they, they 100% have to abide by the state and city health guidance. But the actual machinations of production, I think uh, production's been really good about thinking through all of those steps. What have you found? Is there anything in this process that has been obviously all, all new and new, you know, a new set of challenges, but has there been anything in getting ready for this advanced phase reopening, anything about that process that has surprised you, any hurdles that have come up that you didn't, you didn't expect within the confines of, the, of all the, you know, unusual needs of the, pan, of the coronavirus? You know, it's kind of funny because what we've been become accustomed to is normal, <laughs> right? So it's hard for me to say that I found anything like, super surprising because kind of everything about this situation has been surprising. Um, what has not been surprising are the creative approaches and collaborative discussions. I think probably what has not been so surprising, but probably more encouraging um, and heartening have been the, the real concerted efforts to coordinate communications between us, um, state, production, you know, all of the stakeholders, if you will, to really just be in constant communication um, so that we get it right. 
Uh, and I think that has been one of the best things to come out of this is to that, that really robust, open, ongoing communication and thoughtfulness about how do we do this in a way that makes sense for New York City in particular, right? Like state guidance is for all of the state, uh, which looks very different than New York City. We have a lot more density. We have a lot more activity. We're a 24-7 metropolis. Um, and so really trying to figure out how do we uh, ensure that there's space for all of the recovery to succeed, right? So there are going to be some challenges initially with on-location filming just by virtue of the fact that we're trying to share spaces across the city, right? We have outdoor dining. We're trying to get people to socially distance in public spaces, and then we need space for filming. And so that balance is an ongoing balance, which existed pre-COVID. It's just a little bit more intense right now because people want to get out of their houses. Do you think that given that New York City is probably going to have some budget problems, are you are you guys at all preparing for any curtailing of some of the services or the programs that that MoM offers? Um, there there are certainly well, some of it is just by virtue of you no know, gatherings, right? So some of the some of the festival activity, festival partnerships that we've had, um, you know. Uh, Broadway and the boroughs was obviously on pause this year. So some of that you're definitely going to see just a pause just by virtue of the social gatherings. We certainly have had to revisit how we're supporting some of our educational outreach and workforce development. Um, but we're, we're really doing our best to stretch the dollar as much as we can and, um, and working with our industry partners to see how, how we can make the most of our collaborations. Um, it's, it's a little bit hard to gauge. Um, what the ultimate impact is. So far, we've been able to continue a lot of our programs virtually. Um, there, there hasn't been anything that we've actually had to stop. I'm trying to think about that. We, we weren't able to launch Music Month in the same way this, this year, um, but that was, I think, and, and as I said, some of the public programs we weren't able to move forward with, but, but other than that, like our workforce programs are still going, um, our educational programs are still going online, um, and we're really working um, uh, collaboratively with our partners, particularly at um, the Department of Cultural Affairs and NYC and Co. and Small Business Services to see how we can really support some of our uh, entertainment and cultural organizations, um, particularly the ones that are shut down. How do we, how do we ensure some sustainability for them uh, in addition to some of the programs that the city had launched earlier, like some of the small business grant programs? some of the loan programs. Uh, we ha are very fortunate to have um, a strong uh, legislative affairs team um, in D.C. that is working uh, to ensure the strongest stimulus and, and recovery packages um, uh, and, you know, other types of financial relief. They're working uh, to get that for our constituents here. Uh, to that point, um what happens if, if the added unemployment um, benefits expire? I mean, it seems like that would impact a lot of the people, a lot of the folks in this particular sector, because they have been out of work for, for many months. Yes. Um, I mean, that is a very, I don't have a good answer for that. You know, I, you know, I, um, I had the benefit of coming into this office when things were thriving. Um, I, this is my first unfortunate encounter with like, how do we support New Yorkers, um, 
when certain benefits run out. Uh, I think in the same way that we've been working with um, our colleagues in industry and other aspects of government to figure out how to do a restart, we have also been working with our partners at like the Department of Consumer and Worker Protection, for example, um, Department of Immigrant Affairs and, and uh, New York City Economic Development Corporation to see like what are some programs that we have that can connect um, uh, our workers to resources um, and assistance that maybe the city's not providing, but that, you know, maybe third party or, um, or just information about federal. It's, it's a whole, we're really just trying to make sure that we are on top of um, connecting our, our workers, our artists, our, our, our small businesses to as much information um, as is available uh, to support them through this, but I, I don't have a good answer. I mean, this is why we're really um, advocating strongly for some real support to come out of Washington. Um, at the same time, and I realize this doesn't, you know, the, the final decision does not rest with your office, but uh, both the mayor and the governor have been very frank about the budget shortfalls that they face. Uh, this tax incentive that, that New York offers on a state level has been enormously uh, consequential when it comes to sort of encouraging film and television production. Mm -hmm. Is that something that might be under threat if, if there is a real budget shortfall, if the federal government doesn't increase right. aid to, to, um, to, you know, local communities? Thankfully, I have not heard that we have yet to be concerned about the tax credit. Um, I think as a general matter, both, um, the mayor and the governor recognize the um, the real significance of this industry in generating overall economic activity uh, and really uh, being a critical piece of New York City's recovery uh, for the very reasons that I just stated, that it really fuels a lot of other businesses. And so I think they would look very carefully um, at, at uh, uh and try to ensure as much as possible that we're able to sustain our film and television production activity in the state. You talked a little bit about tax credits. Um, there are some, particularly in the Broadway sector, which has been just, you know, decimated by this yeah. pandemic, that are looking for, for more than just tax relief, they're looking for an actual bailout. Yeah. Um, is that a realistic, um, you know, ask, uh, given the kind of financial circumstances uh, that, that that the city and the state are facing? Um, I think that kind of support is really, we really, this is where we really need the support from federal. Um, you know, the, the amount of uh, resources that it would take to, to support those efforts really require much more significant um, support from our federal government that we are actively uh, advocating for. Um, I know we we've seen uh, I'm in touch with these organizations and institutions every day and um, they really do need some very strong support. Um, and so we're hoping to see some movement on that. I mean, it's encouraging to see uh, I was just reading earlier today uh, and unfortunately I'm not able to keep track of source and name, but I, I did see that there is some movement to really, uh, provide uh, stronger bills uh, to support the recovery of of theater uh, in particular. 
And, and if you have a sense from your colleagues, other colleagues working for the mayor, is there, what's different about planning the reopening of entertainment, of production, mm-hmm. of, fil- of filming on soundstage, you know, producing shows on sound stages or filming movies on the streets mm-hmm. of New York? Are there, there's got to be things that are, you know, sort of intrinsically, you know, specific to that business that are harder than, you know, reopening a dry cleaners or even a restaurant. Yes. Sort of found those things. Yes. I, you know, just by its nature, the creative industries are all about collaboration and community and gathering, right? Whether you're working on a set um, or you're performing in front of an audience, uh, it's like the arts are meant to bring people together. And so in a pandemic where like social distancing is the key to recovery, (laughs) it's very challenging um, to figure out how you bring that back safely. Um, It's one of the reasons why we are still trying to figure out how we support theater and and why, you know, movie theaters in New York City anyway um, uh, are closed. And so, uh, so it's, it, it's look, it's running through those kinds of scenarios. And then also, you know, film and television production in New York. The reason why people come to New York is because of the iconic locations, right? That's one of the reasons. I, it's, it's also because of the incredible talent base here, but, um, you know, they want to be on the street, but we have to, uh, make sure that the use of the street is open to, you know, we've, we've opened that up for outdoor dining, which is really important. Um, as I said earlier, like we're trying to create as much space as we can for public use. And so balancing all of those has been, I feel like, a pretty unique challenge for our office in particular. Yeah. Do you have a sense, um, you know, obviously right at, as we speak here in the late July, um, we're seeing numbers and rates of infection obviously go in, in concerning you know, in a concerning direction in many other states, New York hard hit early on seems to be hanging on despite what we've seen. We saw the large scale protests. We've seen, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, some the troubling images of people crowding in bars. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a sense from, from, you know, talking to people in the mayor's administration of like, mm-hmm. what is, what has allowed New York City to kind of hold the line over the last, you know, four to five weeks when we've seen other states really skyrocket? I really think it's been our approach to reopen. Um, you know, as, as painful as it has been for the industries that we support to hold back so much, I actually think that has been, in large part, um, the key to our success. Uh, also, the messaging around masks. I mean, you travel anywhere. I actually um, was... Uh, just for a very brief time, I was able to get away for like a 24 hour period up North. Um, uh, and everyone's wearing masks, even in the Catskills where, you know, you might pass someone, <laughs> uh, but when you go into the stores, everybody's wearing masks, everybody's social distancing. It's the, the city and state have really been successful about getting that word out. And New Yorkers are you know, they, they're committed to, to doing a smart recovery. So I really, really do think it is just something you guys know, I'm an obnoxious native New Yorker, but I really think New Yorkers have just really committed, um, and, and put their minds to a strong recovery. And that's a lot of the success of of New York city. Interesting that, uh, you know, the types of content 
Are they changing at all because of coronavirus? I'm, I'm wondering if, for example, productions are trying to figure out ways where they don't have fight scenes or kissing scenes or scenes that people are coming into very, very close contact with one another in a way yeah. that, that could actually, you know, transmit the disease. I think probably it's really just more of an emphasis on ensuring that when people are together, that they're healthy. Right. Um, I, I think, yes, they're rethinking how they approach those scenes. Um, you know, I, I've read a ton about how people are thinking about maybe scripting things the way they used to be in the fifties where you didn't see the intimate act. You just knew it happened. Right. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, how they're, how they're choreographing stunts and things like that. I've definitely heard anecdotes about that. Um, uh, we'll see what our conversations are um, as we uh, continue to open phase four. Um, we're very early in those conversations. Um, and then thinking about like, what does your background look like? Like how many people do you really need to have in scenes? I think they are thinking through that. Um, but I, I don't, I think at the end of the day, you still want entertainment that, you know, transports you. <laughs> you don't want to watch something that constantly reminds you of the situation that you're in. Uh, that's not, you know, it's not necessarily why I watch movies. <laughs> um, and so I think there, there are less changes to content and more changes to approach, I think, is what we're going to see. What happens if, uh, and I wonder if you all have gamed this out, there is an outbreak on a set. Um, it seems like something that, you know, isn't just, it's possibly quite possibly inevitable that that will happen because of how contagious coronavirus is. What, what would happen in that, that scenario? Well, you know, as I said, I think some of the uh, folks are really thinking about how, compart how to compartmentalize um, their teams. And so the sense that I'm getting is that they would immediately go, to quarantine and do a test and trace. And, you know, so I think that's what you would see. I don't know that you'd see an entire shutdown of the production just based on the protocols that they've put into place to safeguard against having to do that. But I, I, my sense is that there really would be an immediate uh, quarantine of the individual, quarantine of the team that was around them um, and so that, you know, it doesn't have a, a spread in that sense. Do you think, you know, something like New York, production world going at full capacity. How, how far out do you think that will be? Is it a year away, two years away? That's a tough prediction. And I'm not trying to dodge in any way. Um, oh, I, I understand. Uh, but I think it's also like, we're all sort of sensitive right now. And if I say the wrong thing, like it could really like upset the apple cart, but also we just don't know, like the information changes daily. Like maybe there'll be a vaccine, right? And that will really shift the dynamic considerably. Um, but if there isn't, I think we've seen that uh, the way that people are approaching this is pretty creative and we'll come up with different solutions. I'd love to think that we get back to where we are just in terms of people being employed, right? Like I, I'm not saying I want to see us all crowding together. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But I want to see us get back to that place where everybody's employed and working and creating um, as soon as possible. I mean, one of the things, because you were asking like, what happens? Um, you know, if someone gets sick. And I think that is another area that New York has been pretty smart about, like just being ready, um, you know, making sure that we have 
um, capacity in our hospitals, making sure that we have proper PPE. Um, you know, very early on, the Economic Development Corporation uh, set up a manufacturing operation at Brooklyn Navy Yard because we didn't want to be in the position of not having access um, to the proper equipment um, if the demand got to be so much. And so I think that kind of um, thoughtfulness of approach to how we're going to be, how we're going to continue to manage this situation is also something that has helped New York um, recover in the way that it has. Broadway, when, uh, when, when are we looking in terms of that coming back? Um, I mean, I think the last, um, the last I heard from Broadway League is that they're really looking at 2021. It's not this year. It's um, early next year. Um, we're continuing to engage them in conversations and trying to see if there's other ways that we can support theater generally, right? Because it's, it's also beyond Broadway. Um, uh, we really are doing everything we can to make sure that we can get these back and safe. I think, you know, I think what we'll see initially is our ways that we're connecting locals to entertainment. Um, uh, you know, social distancing. Uh, it, I would love to see that we get to a place where we can have some social distancing indoors where people can gather again to enjoy um, uh, our incredible entertainment offerings here. It's a little tough in theater because the economies of scale are significant. Um, and I was so, actually sort of surprised because I spoke to Charlotte uh, yeah. St. Martin and yeah. she was saying that, that they do not have any plans to social distance in their theaters, that it just can't work for them. No, I'm sorry. And I'm not, yeah, that, and that's what I mean. Like, that's Ooh. a challenge. So when I, 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 sorry, I went off Broadway into like the general, like, live performance world, mm -hmm. right? No, it's true. In theaters, like you can't, it, it doesn't make sense for them to open and have half the theater open. Like that does not pay the bills. That does not pay the actors. That does not keep the doors open. And so, but in the interim for um, some of the other folks in the theater and live performance world, we're trying to see if there are ways that we can, you know, come up with solutions for them to be able to continue to work and, and engage audiences. It's, it's tough, but I, I really think it's important that we find a way. Uh, it's, it's what makes New York incredibly unique and special, why people want to live here, why people want to visit here. Um, and so uh, we're just going to continue trying to do that. Thanks for listening. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear from listeners. And tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. Music